0: If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering
1: in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search focus that fire and so we come together
0: welcome to focused fire chat welcome to focus fire chat recorded live on july 17th 2020 over on twitch.tv slash focus fire chat as always i want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight thank you so much for joining us once again this week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the Vault of Glass. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86.
1: And this is the totally not starting to embrace the whole Zavathun mythos a little too seriously green eyed music lover.
2: Is it my turn? I may have gone down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> last, yeah, yeah last, absolutely, last
0: definitely not least. <laughs> In the hot seat as Gus goes, we have our good friend Night Stalker Grace. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing. Yeah, great. that voice, Green. I don't know. Chad's Chats reacting I mean, pretty heavily with that.
1: <laughs> I. I I'm sorry. I've been on a GIF rabbit hole this <laughs> this day, this whole day. Oh yeah, it's been bad. I've uh, enjoyed looking up gifts of um, Regina Regina Mills from Once Upon or I guess it's Once Upon a Time. Yeah, as the witch, and she is <laughs> she is an interesting one. We'll leave it at that. that.
0: <laughs> so grace. Yes. How are you doing tonight?
2: <laughs> I'm doing well, you know, Um, just, just vibing, that kind of thing. Just, just vibing. Just
1: vibing. <laughs> it's a, it's a good end of the week though, right? Like it's Friday night, it's kind of relaxation, getting into the weekend. You had one of your art pieces partially featured on Bungie today, I think, or even Right? Yeah,
2: very incognito. So, technically featured by Bungie, but um, featuring uh, one of my really, really good, good friends. So proud of her. Very mm-hmm. happy for her. So, yeah,
1: G- give her a shout out because I like hanging out in her Twitter DMs—not DMs, <laughs> but Twitter responses. I'm <laughs> at—I'm just out of loss at the moment. I don't know what's going on, but uh, Chibi yes, Kim. Yes, Chibi Kim. I think it's how yeah
2: yeah she's cool she's real cool i like her she's sassy very sassy i got to um finally connect with her in person at c2e2 in chicago last year while i was still living up outside of chicago and uh she's just as much a sweetheart in person as she is uh on twitter and twitch so cannot recommend her enough nice nice and she's been streaming
1: a lot more lately, right? Yeah. Like that's how she got featured by Bungie. That's cool, though. I uh, I wanted to know, actually, how you ended up kind of hooking up with her to do the art thing. Because you said you were your friends, mm-hmm. but, like, was were you friends before Destiny or did this come from Destiny? Uh,
2: this came from Destiny. Um, Pinotorious Adam, he... Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like a couple, maybe a couple months. We, we'd maybe been talking about like, oh, I'm going to be at C2E2. Um, I was tabling or helping, uh, Dave Rodriguez, who, um, was one of the writers with, uh, Vicarious Visions. He was lead narrative director for the Warmine DLC. and yeah. all that, all that fun stuff. He's one of my, one of my mm-hmm. good friends too. Um, I was helping him table at C2E2 because he has a tabletop card game that he has made and everything. Mm-hmm. So. He was like, oh, you're going to be at C2E2, why don't you uh, say hi to Chibi Kim? And that was how we kind of started talking and stuff, so we could get to know each other a little bit better before we met in person. So, yeah. Nice. Gotta
1: love Pino. Pino's good about doing that. I know <laughs> that he helped set up a lot of us for GuardianCon last year with the karaoke night, Oh, yes. Which was which was intense, but very, very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. So, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so we were, so you went to the karaoke last yes, year? Yes, I did. I,
2: oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> so I was in the same room with you, but didn't know you at the time then.
2: Yes, I am just as much hunterman hunter main in person as I am on Destiny. I'm very hard S- to find stealthy. sometimes. So Appropriate answer. Night Stalker-ish.
1: <laughs> Night Stalker-ish. Gotta love yeah. it. Yeah. So. That's awesome, though. Um, what got you into the story of Destiny, though? Like, was there a specific story in general or was it just more of like, hey, this is cool. I kind of want to learn more about it.
2: Um, well, I I'm trying to think it, specifically the reason I got like I went out and bought the game. It was um, right before the Taken King came out. And there, what what drew me in was my friend will hyped it up a lot for me and. The main reason was like, hey, I, I know you're into character design and there's lots of really cool, you know, designs in the game and you can customize your character. As soon as he said, customize character, I was like, okay, I'm down. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then, mm-hmm. you know, me being me, I looked into, you know, all the cut scenes that were you know already there and like, is this going to be oh, something yeah. I really like? And the reason I designed my Exo the way he looks and... You know, just it really the the main thing was Cade Six was a big reason I got mm-hmm. Destiny. So I really want to say, I mean, just plain and simple, Cade was the reason mm-hmm. I got Destiny. So,
1: <laughs> so when did you come in then? Because that kind of sounds like you weren't exactly there at the very very beginning. No, but you were there at least before Forsaken happened. Because. Rip King. Yes,
2: yeah. But. I, I, I think I went out and bought the, bought the game. I, I want to say because, because I, the I, like, guys still have the copy and everything. I want to say it was like I got the version that was the Taken King with like the bundle and everything. So I had the other two DLCs with okay. it. But I got into it yeah. before Taken King. So I, th- I think I just waited to buy it until I could get all the DLC together. So. <laughs>
1: That makes sense, and I know that you and I are also working on another project together right now, where we actually haven't crossed paths yet. But you're also a voice actor or actress for Termino, yes? Right, I
2: am, and I'm so excited for when that inevitably happens. But we can't say much, right? <laughs> so, right? Uh, Do can you tell?
1: Can you tell us what your like? Who your character is? As far as like, are you playing a ghost? Are you playing a Primary character or secondary character? Because I'm playing a secondary mm-hmm. character.
2: Um, personally. I'd like to say my character that I'm playing, this individual, just based on the connections they have, and I would mm-hmm. say they're a primary character, um, okay. just because of their their role in the story. Um, I I don't I don't want to slip too much. I don't know what Cole wants us to yeah, be saying about this, but I know I, the the connections and you know the people that my character is connected to specifically the voice actors that are playing these other characters, we get along mm-hmm. so well. And I think Cole has done an awesome job of finding not only really, really talented voice actors, but people that mm-hmm. have a really good like chemistry already. So it's going to, I don't know. I don't know how your, your recording sessions have gone so far, but it's, it's really I, good. <laughs> That's
1: good. I've actually only ever had one recording session because, like I said, I'm a secondary character. So I've only had a recording session with one other character in the mm-hmm. story, and it's been very, very easy um, as far as like getting to know the person and then getting to know the character voice. It took maybe twenty minutes tops, and Cole was there listening to ours. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that has been kind of nice because you get a bunch of different people who are all amateurs, but everybody has a really great passion to d- dive into it a bit more. And I know that they're finishing up episodes three and four currently. Yes. And they're getting ready to shoot, f- um, start shooting or start recording five. I don't think six is out yet as far as script. but No, it's not. I know that I have a few lines in an upcoming episode that we're recording. And I've only, I've only shown up once, but you've sounds like I th- I believe your character has been in there quite a bit, like one of the primary ones in these first couple of episodes.
2: Yes. Their, f- their whole faction has been in two, three, and four. So yeah, they, they have quite a, quite a few lines. Um, I don't know that th- there's so much I want to say about it because honestly, Cole has yeah. built such a really cool story and idea, like with just her talent with writing and, you know, knowledge of lore. So. Oh, it's gonna, I, I'm so excited for everybody to start seeing what we've been doing because, like, not only the voice actors, but the modelers and our cinematographers oh, yeah. have been just working their butts off and it's going to look really awesome. Oh, they,
1: have. <laughs> they have indeed. Um, Cole's kind of cheated a little bit. She's got a back, a lore person in her back <laughs> pocket that she pulls questions from every once in a while to verify that she can break the game a little bit <laughs> via lore because. She's gonna she's gonna push to the limits a little bit. Uh, I so you mentioned you are night stalker. Yes. Is there any reason particularly that you went towards night stalker? Or?
2: Um, the reason I, I I've kind of stuck with it for the longest time was because of um I don't know that 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 whole quest and the way that a night stalker is described really felt you know I, so it may sound silly to say it, it sounds it feels personal to me. But um mm-hmm. I've always been a very solo kind of player when it comes to destiny. Um I only recently have started playing with people on a regular basis. Um so I don't yeah. know. It just really felt like it hit home for me being a night soccer and everything, and I've gotten very used to the playstyle since D one. Um and, you know, I, I like the void and I think the void is a really cool concept and I also practice archery, so I was like, hey, look, that's cool. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Do you run a bowing
1: game on top of the Night Stalker bow? Oh, of course. I love Leviathan's breath, especially.
2: So. Yes.
1: Okay. I'm a Le Monarch run- like I Yeah, I do all right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're in good company because I think Jay is also still running Night Stalker yeah. Strong, and that's my primary class as well. That, so that and all... solo
0: queuing, like everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes, that too. Until he convinces me to drag him through something. Yeah. Well, there's some or things hid. that <laughs>
0: I was like, yes, there are some things I'm like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I need <laughs> the dungeon. I need, I need bait. Someone, someone help me. Oh God,
1: bait. Wait, guide. Sure.
0: Guide. I said a guide. I didn't.
1: There we go. There we go. Sherpa, guide, <laughs> savior. I take checks. <laughs>
2: Um, Venmo, right?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, um what, I wanted to actually talk about your art a little bit, because I know that from what I've seen recently on your Twitter, you've really started coming into your own, not only just in a personal life, like stance personally, how you've grown recently, but also artistically. You've been able to really dive a lot more into it from what I can tell. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey on that or... Just like what art styles you like to head towards, what you wanting to hook out with it, just kind of your art in general. Yeah, of
2: course. Um, so uh, let's see, what do I start? Um, I was really like a self-taught artist up until I had to take like serious formal classes in college and stuff. You know, I obviously mm-hmm. took art classes in high school, but, um, you know, they don't, they didn't offer digital art at the time. It was, you know, you learn Photoshop and photo editing and not sure. digital painting and stuff like that. So a lot of right. what I've done and practiced has been really just looking up tutorials or just messing around with programs and just trying to focus on what kind of art style I wanted to move towards. Um, okay. I have kind of like, you know, two different ways I want to go with it currently. Like I want to, you know, keep my semi-realistic style because it's a lot of fun for me to work with. Um, I'm used to the techniques. I have a, Mm -hmm. you know, set progress of art, you know, sketch, line art, color, shading, all that fun stuff. But, um, I also really would like to, you know, learn to digital paint a little bit better just because I do have an end goal eventually of working in the industry. Um, and that Mm -hmm. seems to be like the consensus is like you have to know how to digital, like paint digitally or not just character design, but landscapes as well, which is something I don't really do currently. And when I do do it, it's not super detailed. Okay. Um, so it's like okay. where I want to go with it. Um, I'm an art teacher. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot nice. of what I do is, um, you know, I, I try to stray, like when I'm w- in the classroom with my kids, I try to stay away from like the crafty projects because I really want them to be able to take f- things like fun- fundamentals and, you know, all sure. of the elements and principles. I want them to be able to take that not just out of the class and, you know, maybe they'll remember it. But, you know, be able to apply that to, you know, real life and I, you know, try to stress a little bit more about how to talk about art. So like if they go to a museum, they can be like, oh, I see the lighting in this or there's a warm colors, mm-hmm. cool color, you know, things like that. So I I don't really focus on, you know, projects and craftiness and all that. I, I want them to be able to take stuff away from art. So that's, you know, and I keep that mentality when I'm making my own stuff. So I'm kind of rambling, That's nice. but uh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. It's it, This is like the get to know you section. And one of the things with being an art teacher, I know that since you're teaching a lot of fundamentals, do you encourage the kids to pick their own subjects? Or do you have like a basic starting subject that you want the kids to modify or to add their own twist or flair? Or how do you have like free draws? I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. curious because... I had – I like, my best friend from college is an art teacher, and he was very big on learning to sketch and getting into the practice of mm-hmm. sketching because sketching is what – is where a lot of the practice happens for the more detailed stuff because with getting the big projects, you just get focused on that one thing and you're not experimenting anymore. Right. So, so – But I didn't know how you went with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um... So what I do is, uh, cause obviously we, we still have to follow curriculum cause common core is the mm-hmm. bane of my existence and mm-hmm. drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, what I do typically is I'll introduce the subject to, you know, I'll give them the background on it. So for example, um, I, last year, what I did was I wanted to do a pop art, you know, unit and teach okay. them about that. So, I give them the history mm-hmm. on it. I, you know, maybe f- have them focus on one or two, you know, artists that were really big. Um, I try to keep it, you know, not boring because I'm working with middle schoolers. So you can only keep their attention right. span for so long. Um Right. So, you know, but... So Bansky,
1: <laughs> Warhol, kind of getting in there a little bit. Yeah.
2: So I, you know, and then I tell them, you know, what the project's going to be. So what I did for that mm-hmm. with my eighth graders, they... um got to create a whole comic book page. So, I was like oh, nice. just make sure you're, you know, using panels. Don't make it just, you know, mm-hmm. try to make it dynamic. I gave them examples of dynamic pages and then I said it doesn't have to have a start, a middle and a conclusion. You can just write a scene. You know, I give them an mm-hmm. option to just do whatever they want with it and run with it. I'm like just the angle needs to be a comic page. So, you know, I I a lot of what I do, my teaching method is Thinking about the stuff I didn't like as a student and not doing that as a teacher Mm -hmm. and, you know, (laughs) applying that to, you know, in a way that they'll still remember what they're learning and have fun while they're doing it. And I'm always up Mm -hmm. and moving around the room and, you know – And they're usually – usually the way that if you're in my room watching me teach, you usually will hear like, hey, Miss Adams, and then I'll have to run to one side of the room and, hey, Miss Adams, and I'll run it. They don't really raise their Mm -hmm. hands. We just kind of like keep it open and everybody's discussing stuff. And I I try to make it a very, you know, interactive and very full of communication kind of environment. So, you know, just keeps it moving, keeps it dynamic. Do you have –
1: it? Do you have any students who are big into Destiny as well, and have possibly seen your art that you have so, out there on your on your lizard
2: draws? So, Twitter, the hard which is thing really cool. with students and finding social media is, I have specifically one seventh grade because I also run the tabletop club at my old, at the school I used to teach at. So, I, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. There was one student; she begged me. She's like, Miss Adams, can I please have your Instagram? I'm like, No, I can't give it to you. But, um, I had a couple kids who ended up getting the game and then coming to art club and tabletop club and were like, Miss Adams, can you believe they just did this in the game? And hey, can I show you a picture of my guardian? And we'd start talking and (laughs) then the whole rest of, you know, the, the club would be talking about our Destiny characters. So, um, but I was always sharing like the art with them and telling them, telling them about what's going on. And they, it, it was really cool to have some students that were into it and came into the classroom and were like, That's I nice. got this game cause you said I could. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I did tell them I was like, hey, well guys, it is free. So I mean, if you want to try it and want to know what I'm talking there about all go. the time, because <laughs> I, I did theme my tape, like each table was, I had Titans, I had mm-hmm. the Vanguard, I had Hunters, Warlocks, the Paladins, and then I think I had, I think, no, I had five tables. That was it. So, yeah, they were nice. each of them. <laughs> it was great.
1: I'm sure they got into that because, I mean, junior high kids, they love to get into, like, the role play stuff, too. So yes. it's awesome that you kind of rope that in there as well. <laughs> Um, Well, I actually that's pretty much the end of kind of my little get to know you thing. And I actually right now we're going to go to a quick commercial break for the podcast. Um, Live chat is going to just hear us pause for a moment and then we're going to hop into the cocktail knowledge about Vault of
2: Glass. You ready? Yeah, I think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Hey! Hi! Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies?
2: Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie?
0: Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast.
2: Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we
0: have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again?
2: If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good-bad, or bad-bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen.
0: You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
1: Please come and say
2: hi. We love you already. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.
1: And we're back. So, Blue, I'm going to make you do cocktail knowledge this evening. So, cocktail knowledge oh, about Vogue. Feel free, Grace, to jump in when you want to, or if you have comments about anything going on, or just, yeah, just jump in where you feel comfortable I think on it. If, okay.
0: yeah, honestly the best thing is we already have a cocktail knowledge for the the vault of glass and it's atheon's card which is still (laughs) to this day one of my favorite cards simply because of the first the opening line so i'm just gonna read from that because it basically explains vault of glass says to speak of atheon is to accept certain, certain limitations we are ill-equipped to understand an entity that defies simple causality done all right we're done we can go home and that's a podcast <laughs> like i just so so basically it but to be serious um the vault of glass really is a an area that is predominantly focused around atheon um, Atheon is described as times conflicts, and we'll, we'll get into what exactly that kind of means. But we, even within even within the different grimoire cards from Destiny 1, so re- to throw back to people who hadn't played Destiny 1, um, instead of lore entries, we would get these things called grimoire cards, where you would actually have to do something, like you would kill an enemy and then through that experience you would actually unlock Grimoire card. Um, this is when Ishtar was really useful because not everyone could, I don't know, go flawless and get to the Lighthouse but we really wanted to read that Lighthouse card. Um, and so that's where we kind of started doing things like Ishtar Collective and other like off bungee.net sites with that uh, Grimoire cards. Um, but a lot of places, or a lot of cards from Destiny 1 pretty much come back to describing the vault of glass as the location where time phrase and a needle moves through it and it says that the needle is the will of atheon um ghost will go on to actually describe the vault of glass as being unique in all of the solar system his there is he says my scans indicate that other realities brush up against our own within the confines of the vault so maybe you could even say it's unique in all the universes the effects are confusing which is also a very good summary of this whole topic. Um, as f- the
1: Vex are confusing? The Vex are confusing, yes. <laughs> yes
0: that, that that piece is very good. Um, good job, Ghost. You got something right. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is geographically, or yeah, I guess geographically, uh, it is located currently on Venus. Now, with the vault being the vault, I'm assuming it's going to probably still be on Venus, which is an interesting thing with it coming back. Um, but it is not out of, it's not out of the cards that the vault could possibly move. Um, we experience it on Venus. I'm pretty sure that it is going to be on Venus. Um, as far as like, when is it, you know, like when, uh, it's pretty much current. We defeated Atheon, but just like with the Undying Mind, defeat means something different to the Vex. Uh and and especially within the vault, the vault is, you know, once you start looking at a lot of uh the way that the vault is constructed, especially the lower uh catacombs, I guess would be the best word for it, uh, once you start looking at what actually it is constructed of, you also start understanding that the vault of glass is actually a giant supercomputer, even more so than uh the infinite forest or anything like that. It's similar, but it's it's even more powerful. And Atheon is basically oh God, Atheon is basically like the user of the computer. he He directs he's not even really that. It is he is the the direction that the that the computer uses to move things about within it. So when we defeated Atheon in Destiny One, we just basically deleted his program. But that's not to say that there isn't a backup of that program. Sorry, I'm, I'm watching. Vex, I'm I watching mean, Chat go. is such a.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had
0: to kill uphill both <laughs> ways. Oh my nice gosh! Vault <laughs> of Glass.
1: Like, you talk about some of the different things that we had to do in the vault, right? Like opening the vault originally. It was the very first raid in Destiny. You had a six-man it because I don't I don't know too many people who could do it with a, a short group. For raids, yeah, I mean, near opening the, the vault near and... the
0: end, it definitely was soloable, but it mm. it took a yeah it took a while, like it took a while for people to get well. And there was also
1: you can two man it pretty easily. Yeah, well, that was also Maybe after three.
0: they nerfed the RNG of everything <laughs> within <laughs> it. There were a lot of things that the, there was a it, the vault of glass from a from a mechanic standpoint was a very big learning opportunity for everyone not just Bungie. was it was also for the community as well it was you know sure. it was the first raid it was the it was the introduction of okay what are we gonna get what are we getting ourselves into um
2: i f- right. think
0: up until like king's Fall, it was like the record holder for how long it took someone to get through or wasn't it
1: well i mean it's not crotas which was like a strike well, yeah Crota, crotas was very quick like, i mean you could-
0: vault could glass i want to say it was like 14 or 16 hours before they cleared it.
1: Oh, the original yeah, the one, original the run, original clean. clear. Gotcha. I I wasn't actually in the community at that point. Right, either. it was it
0: was one of those like it was a it was a very tough. And again, because we didn't like no one knew what we were doing. Like just opening the door if you didn't know like so in order to open the door, you have to you have to activate all the the plates outside and that it, it basically it's Build the similar spire. to Pyramidium but, but a lot more annoying um, and as soon as you do that then you go and then you get into a maze and it's an actual like there's actually mazes inside of it um, which is hashtag seventh hidden chest
1: <laughs> people will still talk about that in subreddit <laughs> no, by the it's way that is still a topic great that gets brought up still obsessed with it <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, so, one of the things I kind of wanted to ask Grace here is within the vault of glass, which was your favorite encounter?
2: Oh, I can tell you which one wasn't. Because I still have okay. more no. flashbacks. That's good. <laughs> i <laughs> hear okay, um, ptsd somewhere i just start zoning out staring out into the middle <laughs> distance with the oracle noises playing in my oh. head until i pass out from overexhaustion. Yeah. no <laughs>
1: um so that second stage is that or is it the the end stage that you're kind of like
2: Ugh. i just i okay so the funny thing is, is thinking of the oracles I, I had to take, this is going to, I'm going off on a tangent here. I had to take a a mythology class in college Mm -hmm. and we started talking about the oracles and I looked over at my Mm -hmm. friend and I just went, I I have to, I have to leave. (laughs) I was just like, cause my mind immediately went, it was the first, it was the first, (laughs) it was just, it was the oracles scarred me for life. Like, that, that one Twitter post that was going around recently too with the guy with the piano saying only the OGs will remember and they mm-hmm. had that effect on the keys. Mm-hmm. I just, man, <laughs> the, that, it wasn't yeah. particularly hard looking back on it because once you got the callouts right, that was it. You got it. But like, I mm-hmm. just, the noise just gave me so much anxiety remembering. Um, I don't know. My, the, but before that, you know, you said what was my favorite or, um, mm-hmm. I think it might have been the Gorgon Maze, only because it was really – it kind of makes me think of Leviathan when you're trying to sneak away from the dogs and stuff. You're, your fire team's all clustered together, mm-hmm. and you're trying to find a way through without being spotted. I don't know. I love that. I know a lot of people also got really yeah. freaked out by it, too. Um, But yeah, I, I love that encounter so much. So
1: um, I just remember – Going down there, because the Gorgons, they were the ones that would erase you from Mm -hmm. all history, Mm -hmm. right? Like they were, they were erasing your future, your past, everything if you lost. That was the original, like, major wipe mechanic. And I just remember every hunter being scolded before we started not (laughs) Not to double double jump exactly just like don't use your abilities don't jump don't you jump do it like
2: everybody else does it their, grab their their cloak and just hold them down just do not where are you
0: going we always, we always ran where the hunters had to run in the back because all of us would jump and all the gorgons you just see the and it's like and they're like at that uh-huh. point just everyone run
1: it's like the matrix scene you know when the um the sentinels that would come after them if they made any noises out in the real world in the Matrix. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Gorgons were like that. <laughs> yeah, but um, bef- before we even get to that part, you mentioned like the oracles, and I'm trying to like the the old raid secrets thing about the different tones of the mm-hmm. oracles. There was that huge um, <clears throat> spin foil regarding that and relation to the music of the spheres mm-hmm. and all the different types of and how um, it led to the musical theory chest. that went into it. Yeah, that's I mean that's we were talking the about raid secrets. point
0: of every theory with the vault is where is the seventh chest? It uh-huh.
2: was the friends you made every along time. the way. That's the seventh chest.
1: Oh
0: my. Wow. I wow, that's a callback. I
1: you know the friends you made along the way that were hunters that then started cursing at you during the jumping puzzle following the
2: gorgons. Oh,
0: oh my gosh.
2: Unless, There's a spin theory so, for you right there with the with the tones of the oracles though. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Wow that was a Um <laughs> Is the current thing with the uh Sabathun song. You can mm-hmm. never know if that if that ties mm-hmm. into the tones in Sabatun's song with the oracle noises and vault of glass. I don't know. There you go.
1: You, <laughs> That's all I got. That would be I would have to re look up what the tones are for the oracles to see if it matches with the Zavathun song because I'm pretty sure it doesn't match with Baby Shark or Baby Hive. <laughs> this is true, but it this might match true. with the Shadow Keep theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, gosh, okay, so you we did we kind of skipped over the the really the first encounter inside of the vault, which was the the well, right, where you're dealing with. Um, the oracles initially, and the shield. You get the is it the ages mm-hmm. yeah. that you get first? Oh, I love that. That's a great, well, great mechanic. Mm-hmm. You, and Templar.
0: Do you have to? Def- I can't remember. Do, do you have to defeat Templar first? Yes, because you defeat so him. You and go. That's you how do the you plates the,
1: first outside. You get into the into the vault. You kind of go through the little bit of maze. Then you get to the Templar area, and then you do. Um, the Templar run where you first learn the mechanic of getting rid of the oracles while fending off ads and you're kind of in different groups. Then you're dealing with fanatics that show up that had the green goop that you had to get rid of. And you had a clear spot clearing in the well. And then the, after you do a few rounds of that and go through the Oracle cycle twice or three times, you get the Templar and then you have the Aegis, which helps um, block I believe the Templars that's right um, yeah ability to teleport yeah. and so you use that to help defeat him and then the Aegis comes back after the jumping puzzle and everything when you get to actual atheon but. I'm trying to think if there was any other mechanics or, like, lore. Do you want to talk about the lore behind the Aegis Blue a little bit? Because um, that was a pretty big thing. Yeah, it still is,
0: actually, because we never... You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those... It's one of the older pieces that we n- might get... We might actually see some further development on it, uh, which will be very mm-hmm. interesting, actually, thinking about Kabir and um, all the potential that that exists there. But the Aegis is basically um, it is derived from Kabir, and I'm going to. So for, for those who don't know who Kabir is, he's a big fan of milk stout. Uh, he is a Titan Vex Milk. Milk yeah, stout. Vex Milk, okay. and he drinks beer, so it's milk I was stout. About to mute my mic.
1: <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, I love, I, I made a point to Destiny? look up at
0: the camera that I have for green, and I just saw the confusion go across her face. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, so, real quick, uh, let me pull this up for live chat here because we actually do have a grimoire card on. Aegis. Actually, well, actually uh, people in Destiny 2 will probably recognize this term because they have a uh, lore entry for the Aegis as well. It's a ship, if I remember. Yeah, it's the big, mm-hmm. big chunky ship. Um, and it, it this is one of the reasons why with the Return of Vault, I'm really interested to see what they're going to be doing with the Kabir storyline, because the flavor text for Kabir's Glass Aegis is Kabir stopped them in the Vault of Glass, but what did he start? Which is very interesting Mm -hmm. when you look at the, um, it's the relic, the Aegis, and it's not for some reason coming up for me. Give me one second. Here it is. And it says, these are the last words of Kabir the Legionless. I have destroyed myself to do this. They have taken my ghost. They are in my blood and brain, but now there is hope. I have made a wound in the vault. I have pierced it and let in the light, bathe in it and be cleansed. Look to it and understand. From my own light and from the thinking flesh of the Vex, I made a shield. The shield is your deliverance. It will break the unbreakable. It will change your fate. Bind yourself to the shield. Bind yourself to me. And if you abandon your purpose, let the vault consume you as it consumed me. Now it is done. If I speak again, I am not Kabir. So this is where we get the idea that... Or this is where we started to get the idea that you know Kabir was this, this big character within this fire team. We go on to find out that uh, Kabir was actually a member of a... Well, we know three of the members, uh, which is Praedith, Kabir, and Pahanin. Um, mm-hmm. There's a theory that there were three others that got erased by the Gorgons, but we're not that's not really i I,
1: don't know much about it yeah the
0: only reason that we think that could be a possibility is because it is a raid and traditionally with raid level events you have a you have a larger fight you have basically two fire teams um Mm -hmm. so the fact that there was only three of them either indicates that a they weren't really aware of what they were getting themselves into or we have another situation which actually kind of gets backed up with Pradith because the way we find out about Pradith is in game, Pradith has been erased from time. Um now at at current point we know that Pradith exists and he is held prisoner, but uh up until was that the Paradox mission? Um in game characters were not aware of praedith even existing because the gorgons had basically kidnapped him from the uh, vault of glass but going back to kabir and the aegis the aegis is literally a piece of vex metal that kabir infused with his light and basically created a for lack of a better word an exotic relic an exotic artifact That we can use. And the one thing I do really like about this card is that it actually does explain mechanically what you use the Aegis for. Um, Because the Aegis is able to cleanse you. There's a a debuff that you get when you're fighting the Templar and also especially at the end when you're fighting Atheon that you actually start losing Mm -hmm. sight. Like you can't see through your screen. And you have to be, and, and one of the functions of the Aegis is you can create basically a, a bubble. And if you can get within that bubble, your, your vision is returned. You're cleansed because it's basically wiping away the darkness. Um, so th- this is like, I, I really like how you, they combine the mechanics with the actual story of Kabir. Now, there's also a story of Kabir actually drinking Vex, Milk, which is where my milk stout joke comes from. Um, let me see if I can get back in here.
1: They love to experiment. It's, it's their. It's uh, a Titan thing, right? It's their. It's their hippie hippie thing that they're doing, right? They're just enjoying the hallucinations that oh, Vex Milk God. provides. It, well, yeah. it,
0: it to be fair to Kavir, they. I think he might be the reason we know that
1: this happens. Him and freaking squid boy
0: oh. well paha Neen was just he was scared of squids so you know i don't blame him for that one <laughs> uh but it's from paha Neen that he says that you know um he's this is on the actual vault of glass gribar card he says he fought his name was kabir he wasn't my friend but i knew him and respected him as a guardian and as a good man and he would go on to say quoting kabir you will meet the Templar in a place that is a time before or after stars. The stars will move around you and mer- mark you and sing to you. They will decide if you are real. I drank of them. It tasted like the sea.
1: <laughs> 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 Ooh, salty. I'm sorry. And with we- <laughs> Right? <laughs> right? The real reason we should be salty in game.
2: <laughs> we drink
1: Vax them. Vax milk. Ugh. Ugh.
2: Just a little bit to your coffee. It spices and, it up in the morning, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like salted caramel. No. <laughs> wasn't
0: that, wasn't if, the, Okay,
1: salt, I mean, that wouldn't be too bad. Was it Devrim <laughs> that asked
0: about still, that? Still, There was still, someone who asked about still. putting Vex milk in a hot drink. I can't remember.
2: It was probably Drifter.
0: Well, I mean, Drifter just <laughs> wants to eat, eat a Vex. <laughs>
2: Chewy centers. And the, cre- know, and the, creamy, right?
0: the creamy centers. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna end up gagging before the end of this episode (laughs) I have a feeling it's just like (laughs) oh god oh man alright I'm gonna actually cut a short on that one a little bit and then we'll pick right back up here in a second for our next commercial break are
0: you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level well the Red Diamond Courier podcast is here to help
2: I'm Bob Chichinski.
0: And I'm Dogbark24.
2: We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through
0: in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you, you check, check us out. out. Thanks! Thanks.
1: And, okay, so I'm going to bypass the whole salty center, (laughs) creamy center, whatever we were just doing. And I want to go back to the original three that we know about in the vault. Uh, Caber, Pahanan, and Praetith. In particular, you had mentioned Praetith Blue, and I kind of want to dive into that a little bit more Uh, about where Pradith is, where he was, and where he is now that we know of, and kind of his arc.
0: Oh, well and up until was it Shadow Keep? Was it Shadow Keep that we got Praetith com- like basically yeah. brought back in full yep. force? Like Praetith has always mm-hmm. been a really really interesting character. We got we kinda got a glimpse of Praetith. Well, we got a, a glimpse of Praetith back when we got the information about the great Ahamkara hunt, which was amazing. Uh it was him, Pahanin mm-hmm. and Kabir chasing Ahamkara to basically classical rock which I just, yeah. I just, uh, just makes like that, that picture just makes me smile every time. Um, but Praetith, Praetith was as far as we are aware of was a warlock. Um, he was a member of, like I was saying, the member of the original fire team to enter the vault of glass. Uh, there is a, a small possibility that that fire team was actually sent to the vault of glass by Osiris, uh, because that was one of the reasons Osiris was quoted as being needing to, to realign his, his priorities. Uh, but it was in the vault that Praetith basically ran afoul of, we're assuming, the Gorgons. Uh, what is known is that he became lost in time. Uh, he, he literally was taken out of the picture. Um, now, it would be later in Destiny 1... That he, uh we actually accidentally picked up on some of his signals and the Vanguard sent us to the vault to try to figure out basically who's calling for help out of the vault because we just get a random, like... Help like and, and there's like and even Ikora doesn't even, you know, know what this is. No one knows who Praetith is. And that's that was actually probably the saddest thing about Praeth's story is that because of the way that he was removed from time, everything that he did was forgotten. Everything that he was was forgotten, except for I think the description was except for like small scratchings in the corner of some notes. Or something like you know, just like these very,
1: which is sad because oh, he introduced Ariana and them um, in well, what was it in Ariana's vengeance? Uh, Pahanna introduced Ariana and Wei yep. Ning. <laughs> and they have like they don't they wouldn't have remembered it. Yeah, well they wouldn't have remembered Vulton him. Like
0: they so like it's this weird thing of like he was his. So again, kind of going going back to mythology, right? Uh, thinking of existence as that tapestry from, like, Norse mythology, is basically what they did was they removed him, his thread, from the entirety of the weave. Uh, I don't know if any who listen are fans of Wheel of Time, but it's basically Balefire, the the magical capability of Balefire from Wheel of Time. Uh, When it kills a person, (laughs) it actually doesn't just kill them in the present it actually sends reverberations back through the past and removes them from the past as well as similar to what happens with Pradith here is that he's actually removed from everything now it's interesting because one of the paradoxes with that would be the understanding that there would be a lot of paradoxes because if he's removed then the things that he would do so it seems interesting to me that there's a kind of um I think it's often, I mean, what did I just, I was just writing this down. Um, it's called a timeline protection hypothesis, it's a, is a response to a lot of time travel paradoxes. Um, and so there's, there's like, there's a weird hypothesis that basically says like the universe itself will kind of intervene and keep it from imploding because you just erase something that is kind of integral to it. Um, so there's, for, for like the Ariana and Wayne thing, even though Praedith is gone, air quotes gone um they still met like this still because the thing is is like if if wei ning never met ariana we would never have had the first crota fire team right and so that whole thing that
1: beautiful love story well
0: right right but i mean like in in the in the massive picture of like what happens with crota if you didn't have the first crota fire team we would never have gone down there and crota would still be present you know like there's this whole thing and that's just like one one of the larger things Um, so anyways so the Taken the Taken invade the Vault of Glass uh, during D1 I think it was following the defeat of the Taken King I want to say and Mm -hmm. the Vanguard get basically pick up some signals of uh, distress and so they send the Guardian into the vault to attempt to rescue Uh, we recover Preideth's ghost. So Praedith is ghostless at this point. It is pretty much confirmed, though there's possibly a few workarounds to that too. But we dis- we discover his ghost, and when we discover his ghost, we recognize that some of the files they have that are stored on the ghost have future WarCold headers on them. So the Guardian then takes the-, the ghost to Lakshmi, who has no idea who this is. Like, no clue. But she calls out that the headers, the the heading, the code heading that is on these files are pretty much for like the top ranking individuals within the future war cult. So the fact that Lakshmi doesn't know who it is, is actually a big concern to her. And of all the factions, future war cult would probably be the most beneficial to have a time problem with because they are the ones that are obsessed with time. So they basically sit down and they, they start trying to figure this all out. Um, And that's really the last we kind of heard of him in D1, if I remember.
1: Well, we... Well, yeah, the Predith door oh, part of yeah, the mission right. to yeah. get no time to explain. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we go back into the vault a few different times. With the Taken, for one, to get the gun no time to explain it was another one. And it also had to do with Predith and the ghost and future war cult and everything. And then, obviously, Vogue itself. But the the vault has the vault has problems <laughs> with in within like the construct of time, right? And I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the advanced episode, but how the vault functions in the flow of time compared to say the infinite forest, that is something I don't know if we've ever gotten truly resolved where it fits yet, but I I don't know. The when you kill the very end, when you kill Atheon, you have to go into the past and you have to go into the future, which is, quote unquote, Mars and Venus, right? That's if I am I remembering this correctly? That's our our name's for it.
0: Yeah, that's our name's Mm -hmm. for it.
1: Mars and Venus, future and past or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're having to go through and um, clear the oracles. Do you remember what the oracles were for, Grace? like Or Jay, either one? Um, what the functionality of them within the vault itself was? They were scrubbers. Yeah. So, uh, uh, sorry, like sorry. Trevor no, Scrubber.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, kind of actually. Um, they were they were basically a firewall that was there to remove us, which is why we had to remove them. If you didn't destroy the oracles quick enough, they would erase you. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like it seems like a lot of the the like, quote, passive NPCs in the vault had kind of similar abilities, because they were they were basically non-motion, or they didn't, they were non-moving Gorgons, is the way I always kind of, in my head, pictured them. Um, like, the Gorgons had, the Gorgons would patrol on their certain paths, and if they saw you, they would, you know, and you'd have, like, a quick second to blow everything up. Um, and if you didn't, then they would basically nom-nom you, like the Langoliers, and everything was done. The Oracles were a musical thing that did the pretty much the same thing. Like it, it pretty much they just got rid of you if if enough of them popped up. Um, you would you would basically. I think I can't remember. It's like you were lost to the corners of time or something like that. If I remember that correctly. Um, but if you were able to either bypass them or. Um, Basically, get out of their area of effect uh, by because especially in the last one, it,
1: you had to shoot them. But you had, had to did shoot you have to, to? Did you have to destroy
0: all of them to get mm-hmm. out of the past and present areas? Okay, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: okay, so okay. Well, then that's
1: how you were able to turn. Oh, that's Vex right. Yeah yeah yeah, out. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, That's right. That's right. That's Because right. Um, I know with the Templar, you had to. You had to also destroy all of them, which was always fun because always the one would hide in the little corner that you couldn't snipe. Mm-hmm. Um, Icebreaker was great, except for that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But
0: yeah, like or the oracles, I always pictured as like a a basically a a firewall or an antivirus, in a similar vein of the gorgons. Uh, They were just they were more they were more passive, but in a way more powerful at the same time. Because they didn't really, they didn't, and if I remember right, they didn't really have a form. Like they were just, uh, they looked like actually they looked like the data lettuce that you have in uh, mm-hmm. Nessus. Um,
1: like if you're building a one of the spires, just like a piece of it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the well, the data uh element that you can pick up on on Nessus. Mm-hmm. That's what they always remind me of. But they were uh, yellow, orangish. Um, and they had a very tonal...
1: I think we see oracles in D2 as well, but I don't remember where. The thing that I find fascinating, if you want to talk about the Whisper mission, right, like the oracle room, the fact that oracles show up there makes you wonder if the Vault of Glass could have been slowly being built or another version of the Vault of Glass slowly being built on IO. Obviously, we're not going to go there now. I think
0: the other thing that could have also been that you could also make the argument for there is that it was integrating itself. It was collecting information from different realities, which I know we'll get into with the advanced session for sure. Because, Mm -hmm. like, rereading the Grimoire cards after the most recent um, information that we got from Vance, especially, uh, it's. I'm I'm definitely putting emphasis mentally on different parts of the card that I was just glossing over when I read them back when we first started this whole madness. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, because to be fair, like looking back, you know, it does call out that multiple realities are connected to the vault. I mean, it says.
1: All s- well, just everything. Multiple realities are connected to any type of tesseract type thing, mm-hmm. right? Like Vance calls that out in the Duress and Egress that the tesseract that we get perfect para- perfect paradox from is connected to all these different realities because we're forcing the connections. Makes sense that the vault would be as well. And it makes me wonder, we know that the vault, or not the vault of glass, but um, Infinite Forest also has connections all over the place because that's how we get St. 14 back. Mm-hmm. But I think... What we should do is go ahead and wrap up the intro episode. And then as we're getting into the advanced episode, we'll go ahead and do things like favorite stories from uh, Vault of Glass, as well as more of our theories for the upcoming release and the fact that Vault of Glass is coming back. And maybe just go a little bit more in depth with some of the different topics we talked about. Sound good, Blue?
0: I think that sounds like a great idea.
1: Cool. Cool. So, should we do shout-outs? Yes. Uh Grace, do you wanna do you have any shout-outs for us or for any of your peeps out there?
2: Um should I tell them where I'm located as well? Or absolutely. Okay. I'll start with Absol- that. Um I on stream you can see it. Nightstalker is my main Twitter account. It's Night Stalker with Three Eyes. Um, and my art account is Lizard Draws. It is L I I. Z-A-R-D-D-R-A-W-S. Um that's where you can find all my Destiny art. Um, and also I do art for my current Dungeons and Dragons campaign often over there too, and some other OC art. Nice. Um, I do want to talk about because we are on the topic of Vault of Glass. There's one person, um, I cannot remember what her current Twitter is, but her name is Peach. And she was one of the first. she was one of the uh first people who ever went through Vault of Glass with me along with Quiet and they are dredge and Hope on Twitter and they are also part of that original fire oh, nice. team with me. Uh-huh. So, I know dredge and Yes, Hope. Quiet is one of my good good friends and I love them both. That's awesome. Um and then there's Wake Rides. That's Max and he plays Destiny with me often. Um he his, him and I have built a lot of our Guardian OC backgrounds together. So, he's also very near and dear to my heart and Just to ramble off a a bunch of names, um, Starcasms, Buff, Nemplays, um, Pablito Savage, Moonvald, um, all those guys I currently play a lot of games with and I love them to death for letting me hang out with them all the time. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a lot of friends in the Destiny community and I, I didn't have that last year before GuardianCon and it's really nice to be a little bit more cemented in the Destiny community currently. So, yeah. absolutely.
1: And with you doing art, I'm sure that there's been kind of more of a following growing and growing as you keep doing it. So that's one of the things I love about our community is that we really, really do tend to really embrace our artists and help them grow no matter what their skill level is. You could be at monk's skill level. You could also be at... Um, like, Khan. Khan was Khan originally not... He is now. Like, have you seen the progression stuff? Like, of mm-hmm. where he started at when he first started back up in drawing, in Destiny in particular, to where he is now with his warm-up sketches even? Like, yeah.
2: It's incredible. Just the
1: community has really rallied behind him. And it's awesome. It's awesome to see that. So I'm excited to see you keep going. <laughs> I love your Awoken work, because I think it's <gasps> um, it's got a different kind of edge than what you normally see for the Awoken, which is cool.
2: Oh, goodness thank uh, you that means so much yeah. to me mm-hmm. so love yeah. my big buff lady Absolutely. she's great <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: she's she's really she's kind of scary too not good. gonna lie like <laughs> she's one that you don't want to end up in the in an alley with no or if you do you hope that it's for good reasons and not bad reasons <laughs> but uh yeah so any other shout outs for you before
2: i take over the reins on that one a little bit? Um. No, I, I think I'm okay. Um just check out Terminal when it comes out. Um I'm mm-hmm. also working on the Wayward Destiny project too. We haven't done much with that just yet, but we're getting closer mm-hmm. to recording audio for that. Um I don't know, just retweet art. Just retweet it cuz that means a lot more people will see it. Yes. Um, but give credit. Retweet, yes. don't take. Do not yeah, download don't in. take download, the art. No, please don't.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> It is great that people are out there and they want to show off the art because it's great. Really, really cool stuff. Like I have um, the artist who who was de- dealing with the Facebook page. I have uh, her work as my backdrop. It is like the um, the solar system one that. She oh, did. yeah. So good. So, so, so good. So it's just like. When you see people that are retweeting it and taking credit for it, it's just like you kind of want to punch them in places oh. that shouldn't be punched, but they deserve it. It makes me so and mad. <laughs> yeah, but PSA: Don't steal art. Please don't. Just, just, just lift up the people who are making it mm-hmm. because there's that's a lot of time and effort. But uh, other shout outs for me: uh, shout out to uh, Kibi Chim because of her kind of little highlight today or chibi chibi kim i totally flipped it <laughs> chibi kim i don't know where i was going with that shout out to her and it's chibi kim is best on twitter she is awesome she's also a fairly fairly steady streamer too like she's really getting into streaming a lot more lately and she is part of rezo team resolute so If you want to hang out over there, I know she's been doing some raids and stuff lately and helping people out with that. So hit her up on Twitch as well at Chibi Kim on Twitch. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is I've had more and more people ping me on Twitter about the podcast that we're getting ready to put out. And I have... Three books completely recorded. I'm working on a fourth one right now. And I'm going to start, I'll put out marketing on it when it goes live. So when you guys hear this, it may not quite be live yet because I'm trying to get a backlog ready before starting to release anything. But look forward to that on Twitter or in our Discord. I'll be sure to make sure to put out an announcement there as well as we'll put a link at the end of Focus Fire Chat whenever that goes live as well so you guys all have a chance to see that it is going to be called destiny lore audiophile so we're going to be doing that here pretty yeah. soon yes it's going to be lore books i was excited blue it is pretty exciting i'm actually acting Ooh.
0: not with a face cam mm-hmm. but just with her voice
1: no <laughs> Yes, I I did cry, though. Like, I, I legit cried recording the final entry of Black Armory.
0: Yeah, I think that was the tweet I saw, because I was like, because uh, I remember reading it, and I was like, huh, okay, I think yeah. I know where that's going, but I'm not going to say yep. anything, just in
1: case. <laughs> Blue, do you have any shout-outs?
0: Um, no, I mean, really just, you know, really just thanks to everybody for, I we we kind of jumped into stream this evening i nearly said this morning and that's not when we jumped into stream my my days are all (laughs) weird i don't understand days anymore that i've worked i worked at home for the past like three months um but we we jumped in stream and you guys like like the the live chat here was in the middle or they started up like a hype train of subs and it's just like you know thank you i i don't know how else to to really boil that down um it doesn't go unnoticed. And I know that you guys are only a small part of this amazing community. That is the destiny community and, you know, in other communities. Um, and it's really re my, my, my hope for humanity. When you guys are, when we interact with you, which is pretty much daily. And it's, it's become such a necessary thing for me that I can't imagine doing stuff without having, you guys in it because you know and I think we were talking I think I, it was a couple of days ago uh, Green you and I were talking about like you know people it's weird that people focus on negativity even when there's not stuff there mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. as a person I, I'm gonna be fully honest as a person who that is my default setting having people that are reaffirming the good in the world makes it a lot easier to ignore that part. Um, it's not that that part isn't there uh, it's <laughs> my gosh there there they go again um, it's not that they're not there it's not that that part isn't there but having people that reaffirm the benefit and the 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 the, um, the goodness in the world makes ignoring that part really a lot easier so I, I just I mean really I mean this absolutely from my my the bottom of my heart thank you for being that not just to us but to everyone to everyone out there that you interact mm-hmm. with it it means especially in today's in, in today's world right now that alone is more that will help more than any dollar amount that you can put if you can show people that you care that you will go out of your way to help them in in whether that's monetary whether that's just showing up and talking to someone or just talking to them on the internet. Like I don't under I don't think that people realize just how important that is, and and I really really appreciate it. Um, so that being said, I want to thank you for your time, and until next time, remember: with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.
2: You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at
1: robotsradio.net.